0: time for coffee with the chicken ladies a podcast for people who love chickens
1: hey everybody and welcome it's Chrissy and holly from coffee with the chicken ladies we're here and this is episode number 78 of our podcast where we talk about everything chicken family fun and more chickens more chickens we drink a ton of coffee i'm talking a ton but most importantly we hug chickens every day, and we kiss them too. Don't forget, we brew coffee from a little coffee house here in Bel Air, Maryland. Holly, and what kind of coffee are we brewing today? It's New England roast. That's good. I feel like I'm in Maine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you ready to sip some coffee and chat? I am. Okay. So, how is your week going? Busy. I know. Me I, too. I feel like the last three weeks, you say, "How are you?" and I say, "Busy." We're always busy. I'm finally recouped from my Mexico trip. That was, wow. I'm awake. Yeah. (laughs) I did sleep for a few days. I think you did, yeah. Uh, Um, That was intense. Yeah, so I'm back and awake and fresh. I'm going to be doing some gardening. Yeah, I'm up to my eyeballs in gardening, which is a good problem to have. And the weather's finally getting a little warmer. yep. I also have 15 pounds of wool to sort. Oh, yeah, because from the wool festival Uh, and Well, no, I didn't buy anything there. I didn't allow myself to even go in the fleece barn. We were so busy last year that I never got last year's fleeces taken care of. They're still in the bags. I put them in when we sheared the sheep. We have been really busy in a good way. But I'm really, really, really missing working with wool. So I'm going to be getting back into that in a big way. Oh, yeah. You got to make some time for that stuff. That's for sure. How are your babies doing? My original batch of chicks are humongous. They're they're gigantic and they look amazingly well. But we're getting our next batch of chicks from Murray McMurray this week. Yes, we're so excited. And little Clover is growing, growing, growing. She's a week or two behind in size, mm-hmm. but that's generally what happens when you have failure to thrive. You right. do the best you can to bring them up to speed. I have some videos of her walking. Mm-hmm and it's good progress. She's definitely made a lot of progress. So we had a good few weeks. I'm glad it's getting warm, mm-hmm. and I'm ready for the new babies. Hey, it's springtime. That's what this is about. It's the time that the wool comes in from all the wool animals. Oh, yeah. It's the time when a lot of things go in the ground, Oh yeah. you know, that we're going to be harvesting through the summer, start to plan fall crops. Joe and I have to work on the big girls run on the roof, mm-hmm. which we were supposed to do that last year, but it got pushed back. Right. So that is on our projects for early summer. And one more project. We have coops from Roots and Root to put together. Yes. Those amazing new coops that we have. Mm-hmm. We're doing a mini run in between the two runs. Mm-hmm. So that and the roof are all going to get together. So that'll be all up on our socials. Watch the progress. I hope by the time this episode drops, we've decided where to put ours. But yeah, it's a really interesting design. It'll be a lot of fun to share the progress on those We coupes. can't wait to show everybody. Mm-hmm. Roost & Root, an amazing coop company. Absolutely. Right here in the U.S., Austin, Texas. Okay, so I'm going to ask everybody a huge favor. If you're listening to our show and you're loving it, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a written review. It does amazing things for the growth of our show. And while you're there, hit subscribe so that you never miss anything. The other thing you can do to help the podcast is share your favorite episodes on social media. You can tell a friend about the podcast. You can visit our Etsy shop, check out the t-shirts we have for sale. You can become a patron of the show. Visit us at patreon.com slash coffee with the chicken ladies. Check out our levels of membership. The other thing you can do to help support the podcast is go to our show notes, use our affiliate links, and buy products from our sponsors. Yay! We have some exciting news to share from our sponsor, Grubly Farms. You can receive 25% off if you're a first-time buyer. I'm a longtime subscriber, and my flock love the healthy, nutritious treats, plus all products ship free. If you haven't heard... Grubly's has a fantastic layer pellet and crumble feed. It's packed with plant and insect protein. Perfect for those picky chickens or ducks. This offer does not apply to subscriptions and cannot be combined with any other discounts. It's a great time to try Grubly Farms if you haven't yet. Use the code COFFEELADIES25. Try it today. Hey, Chris. Yeah? Do you like subscription boxes? Does it have anything to do with chickens? Of course. Then yeah. Let me just take a minute to tell you about the Chicken Love Box. If you love goodies for your chickens and you, you need to go to chickenlove.com. I love the Mega Box. Tons of useful products for my flock and a chicken tea for me. You can't go wrong with the chicken tea. They are so cute and so soft. In the April Box, I absolutely love the big pack of greens and fodder seeds and the sparkly chicken earrings. Those bath bombs smell so good and that wind chime is going to look so cute out of my run. Boxes start at $39 a month. They ship immediately after your order, and shipping is always free. It's such a great deal. Use the code CWTCL50 for 50% off your first box. Don't wait. Get off the nest and click already. That's chickenlove.com. That's chickenluv.com. Get your subscription today. La, 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 la. La, la, it's time for la, 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 the Breed Spotlight, yes. Yes. It was very flowery. Flowery Breed Spotlight. So this week's Breed Spotlight, we are? The 55 Flowery (laughs) Hen. So the 55 (laughs) Flowery Hen. What would you say if I told you that there was a chicken out there that captured the best of the leghorn's physical and egg-producing properties and looked like a Swedish flower hen and was auto-sexing? I'd say, I can see that chicken in my flock. (laughs) (laughs) The beautiful 55 flowery hen fits the bill. It really does. They were created in 1955 in Sweden. That's where the 55 comes from in the name. I thought it was like 55 flowers. (laughs) I thought that too until I did some more research. But it's not an old chicken, really. No, no. They were created in 1955. And do you know who developed them? Was he a monk? (laughs) Yes. <laughs> How come I knew this? <laughs> it was our old friend, Father Martin Silverwood. The 55 flower hem was actually the first breed that he developed. He wanted to create an excellent layer that could compete with the industrial hybrids mm-hmm. that were being developed during the early and mid-20th century, but were pretty. And auto-sexing. Auto-sexing, let's just take two seconds. That is huge mm-hmm. in this day of chicken keeping. I think it's one of the best things ever to happen. It saves a lot of roosters' lives. If you can't have a rooster, Absolutely. you can pick a breed where you know you're not going to get a right, rooster, and yet right. you don't have to make that decision down the line. Well, this is what's interesting about this particular breed. Martin Silverrod used to say that they are bulletproof auto-sexing to the point where he claimed he could sell a million one-day-old pullets and never have a cockerel in the bunch. And that's a big claim. The babies are so sexually dimorphic they're so different yeah that it really is that easy to tell them apart That's pretty amazing so if you're not a longtime listener we'll just fill you in a little bit. Martin Silverode who we joke about a lot yes, was a Swedish monk and he worked in smallland Sweden. His order worked in agriculture, but it's actually hard to find a lot more information or history about them or him. He had a lot of time on his hands. I guess he did. So he spent it with his chickens. Well, he was some sort of a genetic savant. I mean, he, he really understood yeah. the genetics of chickens. Maybe if we went to Sweden to do research, we'd be able to find more, but it's not easy to find a lot more we information Sweden. about him. So the 55 flowery hen can still be found there in Sweden. Sometimes they lay at commercial levels. If they're leghorn, they're yeah. going to. That's the interesting thing, right? To create the 55 flowery hen, right. Silverwood used two different varieties of leghorn. Heck yeah. Leghorns are going to lay you some eggs. And that's the interesting thing is that this breed is completely derivative of leghorns. So if you want maximum egg production, who? what are two chickens that you think of for maximum egg production? I think of the leghorn and the Egyptian Fayumi. I think of the leghorn and <laughs> the Rhode Island Red. Right. The first one that comes to my head is the leghorn. This chicken lays very large eggs for their size. Yes. It's pretty mean, amazing. We saw that over and over again. How yes. How big the eggs with these little heads <laughs> You're going to be are. amazed. Like, what? Yeah. So, Silverrod used two different varieties of leghorn. They were Swedish strains of white leghorn. So, he used about 70% white leghorn and about 30% brown leghorn. Okay. Right. And what would you think that would make? Like brown egg? Something. <laughs> But apparently this mix includes three different genes and the combination of them creates the white spots or the flowers on the heads. One of the genes is a modeling gene. So you could see that. I can see this chicken in my flock. Right. Exactly. I am the modeling. Yes. Yes. The other two genes are striping and barring genes. Yeah, And we know the barring gene, this is often why barred rocks are used for auto-sexing breeding. We know that the barring gene is incomplete on the hens. Yes, And so if you take these three genes and you add these to the silver gene, which is a dominant gene, it works out by sex to give the roosters almost all white feathers. And the hens, the white shows up as those flowers or white spangles. And in some of the hens, it shows up on the end of their tail feather. So, like, they have a white stripe on their tail. It's very pretty. It's beautiful, but this is one thing I have to say about this monk. What? He had a lot of time on his hands. I guess he had time. I mean, I mean he is like, throw this in, let's well, do that's this. I really want to find out more about him. It's just not easy to find here in the U.S. And he created several breeds. He created a lot. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. amazed at what he's done. Yeah. The Silverwoods Blue, the Small Land, the Queen Sylvia, the 55 Flowery, and I know I'm leaving a couple out. He was busy. He was very busy. A little bit about what these pretty chickens look like. These are variations of leghorns, so they're very small. Leghorns are small chickens. Yeah, small buddy chickens, yeah. The roos come in at about five pounds, and the hens come in at about four. Now, we saw somewhere online that some of the hens are even smaller than four. Yeah. We don't know how true that is. Right. I mean, we were reading that they were practically bantam weights. Yeah. And I don't know if that's accurate or not. Me either. So, let's just look at leghorn sizes. Mm -hmm. Five pounds for the roos, four pounds for the hens. Yeah. We know leghorns are excellent foragers. Absolutely. So they're good at that and they're pretty active. Yeah. This will not apply to the roosters because the roosters are bright white. Right. But the hens, they're very similar in color to the Swedish flower hens. They remind me very much so of the Swedish flower. And the Swedish flowers have excellent camouflaging ability. Yeah. So if you don't have roosters in the mix and you're looking for these as, say, a homestead egg layer... And you want to free-range them sometimes. Yeah. They have some ability to camouflage. Right. They're so tiny that I would not free-range them unsupervised anyway. Yeah, exactly. And that is an unfortunate thing about the rooster. All reports that we've read about the roosters are supposed to be pretty nice guys. Yeah. Yeah. So good foragers, some camouflaging ability. In general, I just can't get over how pretty the hens are. The hens are beautiful. And then here's the other thing that I mentioned earlier is they lay very large white eggs. Mm -hmm. Sometimes Lucy lays an egg, and I'm like, how did you lay this little girl? Just enormous eggs. They're big white eggs. Yeah. And some people have reported that the pullets may start laying eggs a little bit later. Yeah. Heritage breeds. Exactly. And leghorns are heritage breeds. so. These guys have straight comb and wattles. Yeah. Yellow legs. The roosters are mostly white, like we said. They have some tan saddle feathers. Mm-hmm. The hens come in a variety of colors, all with those beautiful white flowers on the end of their feathers. Mm-hmm. And like we said, they look like leghorns in Swedish flower hen suits. Yes, they do. I think they're absolutely beautiful little hens. We didn't see tons about cold and heat hardiness. Leghorn. Yeah. yeah. Despite the fact that they come from Sweden, I would be prepared to give them some protection against frostbite. They're small body chickens. Exactly. Straight, straight combs and waddles. Exactly. Yeah. You're going to need a cozy coop heater, some protection on the combs and waddles. Mm-hmm. They may not be the cuddliest of chickens. That's what we've seen over and over. Some people claim they're flighty. Others say they're just aloof, not so flighty. They're Leghorn. A leghorn has a reputation of the F word flightiness. Right. But we say this constantly. You get out what you put in. Mm-hmm. If you put in a lot of love from day one, they're going to be used to your hands and not flying away from you. Yeah. And I think this comes down to individual bird temperament. Too. It comes down to a lot of things. So, again, if you're going for super cuddly, maybe not the best choice. Right, But if you're looking for a gorgeous homestead layer. That you can work with from the beginning mm-hmm. and potentially kind of turn them into a little bit of a cuddler yeah. if you want to. You never know. Lucy's kind of cuddly. Lucy's very cuddly. Yeah. So let's talk about where we get them. There's always some private breeders that have them. There are. You can go straight to Greenfire Farm. Greenfire Farm imported them. Number one place. And probably if you're buying them from private breeders, they probably got their stock from Greenfire Farm. I would just suggest to go to Greenfire Farm yeah. myself. Well, here's the thing. They're auto-sexing, so you're going to get pullets. Yeah. Unless you specifically ask for a cockerel, you're getting pullets. Yeah. The pictures that I'm looking at are a lot of Greenfire Farm shots. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They're $29 over at Greenfire Farm. To know that you have a hen, mm-hmm. that's not too much to pay. Let's look at it this way. Greenfire Farm sells straight run most of the time. Yeah. And if you're trying to get your hands on some of these ultra-rare European breeds, hmm you often have to get them straight run. Mm-hmm. So here's an opportunity to have this gorgeous European breed at a pretty decent price point and be guaranteed to pull it. I think it's a no-lose situation. Though. Yeah, it really is. Our, Our Jubilees were that price that yes. we paid for that, yeah, we did. earlier yeah, this jubilees, year. Yeah. So if it's a chicken that you really want, I don't see a problem. And mm-hmm. the auto-sexing is just another bonus Yeah. that you don't have to make that decision down the road. The most fascinating thing about this chicken to me is Martin Silverwood's juggling of the genetics how he figured out that he could produce this chicken from two different color strains of leghorn. It's just fascinating it's like to I me. like I said, he had a lot of time. We think about chickens a lot too. It's okay. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so there yeah. is the absolutely gorgeous 55 flowery hen. I can see that chicken in my flock. I don't say that very often. I know. But- I'm laughing. I mean, I have Swedish flower hens, so... I don't yes. know if I need a 55 flower. You kind of have it. But yeah. they're gorgeous. Have you heard of Strong Animals Chicken Essentials? They make natural supplements for your flock. Strong Animals has used plant-based products and natural approaches to promote the health and vitality of backyard flocks. Their products contain organic essential oils, prebiotics, and other natural ingredients to support the immune system and digestive health. Give your chicks and chickens what they need to thrive. With strong animals health products. Visit getstronganimals.com today. Roosty's proudly sponsors Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. If you're raising chicks or keeping chickens, take a look at Roosty's store on Amazon.com. We've personally tested their products and we're huge fans. They have their famous nesting pads, those fantastic chick water and feeder kits, do it yourself port feeder kits, what are a nipple and water or cup kits? And you don't even need to drive to the stores. They're all available for prime delivery on Amazon.com. Visit Amazon.com and check out the Roosties range or follow the link in our show notes. Okay, so let's move on to main Topic. Yeah. And this week we're welcoming Fiona back. That's right, our round table. Our monthly round table with Fiona the Floof Lady. And we're talking about keeping chickens on a budget. Enjoy. It's about that time that we go across the pond and have coffee with Fiona. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, Fiona. How are you doing? Welcome back this month.
0: Hello. I'm hoping that yeah was coordinated this time. I can't get the timing right. I'll get it right eventually.
1: Yes. It's not you, it's the Zoom delay.
0: Right, right. I know, but I can't work out how long the delay is, so I'm trying. I'll get it eventually. About 200 episodes from now, I'll have it sorted.
1: We had to record via Zoom one week when we had COVID, and we tried to get the singing together, and Pete finally said, no, I'm taking all of this out. (laughs) No. Obviously, we did not get the delay right either. Okay, so we have Fiona back for our roundtable for May. You've been really busy. So what's been going on with you?
0: Oh, well, avian influenza restrictions in the UK. The housing restrictions have gone. woo The Yay! chickens are out.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: So they're back in their field. They're free-ranging. But, oh, my goodness, the amount of work to get all this stuff out of the enclosure, back into the field, it was an awful lot of work. So we're going to have wow. to rethink that for future years, how that's actually going to work. I think us having separate coops in the enclosure and in the field really helped us. But it was all the flipping toys, everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Having both
1: setups going at the same time might be good. You know, like if you needed to separate somebody or put somebody somewhere. Yeah, but if we've got the
0: housing restrictions, it's on at the time. We can't have anybody in the field. That's the only thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So they end up in a greenhouse. That works.
1: Right. (laughs) That's my thing. Remember, I've always wanted to do that. Yeah. I've always wanted to have a greenhouse in case I need it for something. Well, I've got two. One to,
0: do you so really one want to had me? plants and the other one had chickens in it.
1: Yeah. I'm so jealous. I think it would be so great, like if it's snowy outside or something, to give them a little space to go in and be out of the snow and the elements. And I want mine to grow veggies. Well, I want it for both, <laughs> but. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about what we're going to talk about with this month's round table with Fiona and this day and age in the UK and the US, especially. We need to discuss this, right? We're seeing humongous increases in prices. We're seeing supply chain problems and we're seeing a lot of inflation. Are you having the same thing, Fiona?
0: Oh, yeah absolutely it's a real problem. The cereal prices are going through the roof, which obviously affects yeah. your chicken feed prices, so yeah, everything is costing an awful lot more and with a global pandemic as well, you know transportation right. costs have gone through the roof, which have sent the price of goods up as well so it yeah. 's a big problem so
1: what we 're going to talk about is chicken keeping on a budget
0: right low cost chicken keeping. Chicken keeping on the cheap, pun intended.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Chicken, <laughs> keep. So we're going to look at ways that we can save money. First of all, we can save money. We're not buying eggs. That's number one way to save some money. And eat those eggs. We're not buying eggs. Instead, we are producing the most expensive eggs <laughs> in the world.
0: Except when the chickens are molting.
1: Right. Exactly. Right. The walk of shame. I really need to brush up on lots of ways to preserve eggs because my girls are putting We have videos. Epic. Perfect. We I need to yeah. on another round table. We will. My girls are putting out epic amounts of eggs right now. I literally can't keep up with them. I'm giving away a dozen and a half here, dozen there, all over the place. Yeah, me too. Plus, we're both on weight loss stuff right now. Eggs are zero points for Weight Watchers. But are you eating enough to... I lost 21 pounds. So wow. Heck. That's good. Yes, yes but on my, eggs. But my question <laughs> is, are you eating enough eggs on your waywatcher's plan to take up the excess? I don't know. I am eating a lot of eggs. I will say that.
0: And it's you're still needing to preserve them. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's
0: well, fun. we're actually making a video at the moment, and I'm going to give you the punchline to this, because somebody said to us, you can freeze eggs whole, and it works really well. Can I just say, no, it doesn't.
1: No. They no. crack. Yeah. They crack. If they don't explode in the freezer, they will fall to bits when you take them out, try to thaw them.
0: Well, actually, once we defrosted them, the yolk had actually gone almost solid. It was just horrible.
1: But it was worth the experiment. Sure. That's a future episode that we can talk about and give lots of good hints and ways to do it that are the right way. Okay. Preserving eggs. Yes, we got it. Okay. So chickens on a budget or budget-friendly chicken-keeping. You had some really good suggestions. Why don't you start us off?
0: We did actually make a video on this because we've got the whole gamut of things. So on your coops, your shelters, your food, your feeders and toys, we've got the cheap, 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 and we've got the kind of high-end stuff as well. And I have to say, you don't always get what you pay for. Sometimes the cheapest solution, the simplest solution is just as good as the most expensive take for example your coops now your commercial coops great absolutely fantastic but the best coops we've got are ones we've made ourselves
1: right actually
0: our old english pheasant fowl that we raised because the broody broke quite early we ended up having artificial brooders and a friend of ours lent us an old engine crate so he's a mechanic and right. he had an engine delivered in a great big wooden crate, and he'd adapted it for his young chicks. So he lent us that, and it was the best coop you've ever seen. <laughs> it did the job brilliantly. Yeah, because all we did was for really warm days there was wire mesh over the top, and at night it had a solid lid down, and he'd put a little pop door in, which was great. And those chicks, those old English pheasant fowl, loved it it was perfect. It worked really, really well.
1: That recycling chicken coops where somebody else, a friend, a family member is not using anymore, is an excellent way to do chicken keeping on a budget. Salvage materials provided there's nothing toxic to chickens. And making sure you're cleaning it before you put your chickens in is very important. My neighbor down the street, he had chickens for a few years and then he built a fantastic coop and he wasn't using it anymore. So I went to him and said, Let's swap eggs for life for the coop. And yeah, it and it's we making
0: sure that there's no red mite in any of these as well yep. because that that's always the danger, isn't it? Or exactly. northern fowl mite. They're just as bad. Very few people talk about northern fowl mite.
1: Um, we have way more northern fowl mite here than red mite.
0: Interesting. I think yeah. it's more red mite here in the UK than northern fowl mite.
1: Yeah, and I don't know that that's the case in all the U.S., but here in the Mid-Atlantic, it's definitely the northern fowl mite that we see more of. Or the common chicken louse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All of these little things. You cannot keep chickens for a number of years and not have something. Right. Yeah. Our's have had chicken lice and they've had northern fowl mite, but Touchwood they've never had red mite yet, which yeah. is amazing God. given they're a lot more prevalent here in the UK. So we're going to get it at some point, but we haven't had it yet.
1: So if you are getting a coop from someone else, you have to make sure that you sanitize it completely. Right. Make sure there are no yeah. mites, etc. If you're building a coop from salvage wood, which I have done, mm-hmm. my brother-in-law had some marine plywood, and I built the best coop with that plywood. It was so heavy, we couldn't bring it with us when we moved.
0: That's I what went. we built our first ones out of as well, marine ply. Did you only really? thing Yeah, the only thing we found is over time that you have to tank the edges, otherwise they delaminate over time. Yeah, yeah. And I, I put- even then, that only preserves it just a little bit longer.
1: Yep. I put aluminum flashing
0: yeah. along my sides, yeah. We've decided now to go for tongue and groove. Okay. I make it sound like I'm doing all this, to be honest. She is doing it all. I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing anything. I supervise from the sidelines. to say you're
1: supervising. <laughs> that is doing something. Right now, coops are an enormous expense. The price yeah. of lumber, the price of gasoline means your shipping charges are gigantic. So, building a coop is actually a very viable option right now. It is, especially if you can get some of the materials secondhand. But if and you're like,
0: really like- struggling, you can just get hold of a secondhand garden shed and adapt that. The only thing exactly. to bear in mind is the amount of room inside and if you've got enough chickens to keep it warm.
1: There's lots of ads on social media for someone who is done having chickens and they have a perfectly good coop yep. and they want $50 for it. And it's great. You just have to put a little elbow grease in it. Less money, more work, and but it, it's it, cheaper. It can be a great bargain. You just need to, again, make sure there are no lice, mites, sanitize other organic. Yeah. You need to sanitize, you need to check for any toxic materials and you need to make sure it's predator proof. Yep. A friend of mine recently
0: has actually used a plastic dog kennel and it makes the most amazing chicken coop.
1: Yeah. I've seen some plastic and used in it. I mean, there's no reason why not. As long as it meets those three criteria. Yeah. A- absolutely. Yeah. My place tends to lean a little more utilitarian than show place. So sometimes my coops aren't the prettiest, but as long as they keep the foxes out, it fits the bill. It's what you need. And if they keep them warm in the winter. Right. Fiona, let's move to feeders next.
0: You can just put out a dish with food in it. Right. The only problem is that you've got mess and you've got the potential for wild birds and other animals to come in and steal it. And you could be attracting rodents, which is a big problem. Now, at the other end of the scale, we've got treadle feeders. And actually, I was talking to Holly about this a little while ago. Although our treadle feeders cost quite a lot of money, Over the years, they look like brand new still. And I honestly think they've paid for themselves multiple times over. We don't have this loss of food to wild birds and rodents that we would have had otherwise.
1: Yeah, you certainly get a lot of waste. One of my first flocks, when we moved them to the new house, we didn't have enough feeders. We were having some bullying problems. So I took all the pasta bowls out of my china set and I put them in the run as feeders. Well, the Swedish flowers are such good foragers that they dig and they will send food flying. So we were dealing with a lot of wasted food. We have since switched over to port feeder kits. We have some for roosties right now. They're rodent proof, which is fantastic. They're also keeping everything covered since we still have AB Oh, I think I've
0: seen those. Yeah, they're they're very good, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're not very expensive either, are they?
1: No, no, not at all really. You have to do some of the handiwork, like you know, you have to cut a hole in some of them and get the port in there, but they keep the squirrels out. They yeah. keep the wasted food down. So in the long run, they more than pay for themselves And they're as well. easy to get to right on Amazon, Yeah. go to Roosties, and they're right there.
0: Yep. Yeah, they're probably the best value that you can get hold of and yeah. saves you having to spend that high-end money as well. That's exactly. a really, really good idea.
1: I like the treadle feeders. I have one that I want to start using. My only concern with those is, and you tell me how you feel about this before I start using them. When the food's in there, you can't carry the food out of the run at night. It's in the feeder. Do you feel that it draws any wildlife at night to your run trying to get into it?
0: No, they can't get into it at all. So it needs an adult chicken to stand on the the treadle. So there's very few other animals in the UK that would be attracted to the feed. My only treadle. concern
1: is like raccoons or foxes.
0: I get it with the raccoons, but the foxes, I don't think they'd be interested in a cereal based no. food anyway.
1: But raccoons are so dexterous with their little hands and feet. So I wonder. Yeah,
0: like, I, I can see that actually, but clearly, you know, we don't have raccoons.
1: So yeah, lucky. Not really a problem. always know. talks about them washing their hands in the farm on the, in the water <laughs> it for makes the me lava. It's insane. I'm like, I just want to see this one time. No. I want to see this. It had to be so cute. It's not
0: cute. It's not cute. That's like a watch. cartoon raccoon. You haven't got a real it's one. It's a cartoon cute. one washing its, like, its hands. I'm my hands in the
1: bucket. They're nasty, dirty little hands in the buckets my animals drink out of. Clearly, I have a battle going on with these raccoons. No.
0: No, squirrels. I wouldn't have that.
1: They make a mess. Like that water, when they finish that water, is brown sludge. <laughs> they have to clean up ah. now. Someone needs to come and do my farm tours for me in the morning. She's gonna change her tune about those records. (laughs) So the other things you can do to cut down on expenditure, you can grow greens for your chickens or
0: Oh yes, or or actually things which have bolted in your garden. So if you've got if you grow cabbages, for example, which we do and chard, we're not always as good as harvesting it when we should be. Uh And they bolt and they go to flower and the chickens get all of that
1: you yeah. know, straight oh, from yeah. the garden. You can just pull it right out and toss it in there. The other thing is yeah. growing herbs. It's inexpensive. They love them. And they have some good benefits for the chickens. Fiona, you said your chickens didn't like kale. Have they gotten over that? I saw no. a video that says they did.
0: <laughs> That's true, actually. Our former friend gave us a load of kale which had flowered. And I think, actually, it was because they were under the avian influenza housing restrictions. And I think they were just so desperate for something that was green. <laughs> i'm not even sure they still i bet if i put kale in now and they've got access to all this grass they're gonna look at it and go no no way about it no
1: (laughs) i was gonna say i thought i saw a reel you put up with them eating the kale
0: i was shocked that's why (laughs) (laughs) i had to share that because i was so shocked
1: (laughs) here's the other thing we say Snacks are snacks. That's why they're called that. You give them in small amounts. So cutting back on your snacks is a good way to save money mm-hmm. and making them yeah. a, a treat and not overdoing it.
0: Yeah, I think this is where a lot of chicken keepers, we get so enthused because we want to make our chickens happy and actually this is probably where most of us spend the most amount of money on treats and we don't need to right, there's right. lots of other ways to give them treats without spending anything at all grass is probably the best treat they can have absolutely. just you know if you can give them a little some grass to have access to that they can graze on they will absolutely love it they will love you forever if you do want to give them something that they're going to go mad for give them whole wheat Because you can buy a 25 kilo sack for very little money and they will enjoy that just as much as, I don't know, the mega peckers that you can buy, which are these compressed, which are essentially lots and lots of whole wheat with a bit of fruit added as well. Yeah. And it's so much cheaper. It's a much better way of doing it. And it's a good
1: boredom buster. It's going to take them a while to go through it. We can feed kitchen scraps. And what we always say is we want to make sure that you're feeding the healthy ones. They're cut up to the right amount. No long cucumber peels, something that can get caught up in the crop. Nice whole vegetables that they can peck at and take little bits and little bites of. Carrot, along with carrot. Yeah, but this
0: is lucky you because we can't do that here in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Theory says providing the vegetables haven't actually gone into the kitchen, we can feed them. So if we prepare, take the carrot tops off out in the garden and then take the carrots in the house, those greens can go straight to the chickens, providing they haven't been in the kitchen or touched anything which has been in the kitchen. That's the only way we can get around it.
1: The kids and Joe love like when they don't finish eating something saying, I'm going to take it out to the chickens and the chickens are probably out there waiting like, yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute, what's on your plate? (laughs) <laughs> Let me see what's on there yeah. first before they get it. It's tempting to get rid of a lot of your leftovers with your chickens, but even that needs to be in moderation. Snack and yeah. treat. Yeah. Snack size. You're right, Chris. So if you're beating beds in a leftover, you either want to chop it small. Yes. On, so it's not a choking hazard. Or you want to leave it whole. Exactly. So they can peck bits off on so it. So no peels, no potatoes with peels. They want to be able to peck small little pieces that they can take on their own. Apples, you can leave the peel on. No seeds. Things that are healthy that you are done with. I give pineapple rind. I give cantaloupe rind. And they, oh, yeah. Cantaloupe rind. They my, go nuts Yeah, they go over crazy it. for cantaloupe. They yeah. go crazy. And Any of the melons. And in the summer, melons and berries and strawberry tops and stuff like that. Berries are expensive. And the small amount of berries that we managed to grow on my farm, we wouldn't eat ourselves. The birthday- unless they're mine. You do need to use that bird netting. I know. Honest
0: to goodness, in strawberry season over here, after about a week or so, the chickens are looking at me like I'm mental every time I give them any strawberries. It's like, not again.
1: No, no not strawberries. No. When I got my first chickens, I think I was fresh out of graduate school and I didn't have a lot of money at the time. And I was trying to find treats for my chickens. This was still on the family farm. So a lot more acreage. Well I realized that we had four or five big mulberry trees growing right in the vicinity of the chicken coops. And so I used to go out there, let the chickens out and shake the trees. And they would lose their minds for the mulberries.
0: <laughs> Are you crazy how long mulberry trees take to establish and You're not having them yourself? Are you mad? No, they're always full of
1: weevils. (laughs) The chickens enjoy them. Yeah. Did you not know that? Mulberries are usually full of weevils.
0: No, I eat them like they're going out of fashion. I love them. (laughs) Sorry, extra protein.
1: (laughs) So if you have mulberry trees or over here, we have this invasive berry called the wineberry. Yes, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It looks like a red raspberry. I love them. They're delicious. And the girls have eaten those. They're so good. You've eaten them too because I've put them on a tart called a raspberries. <laughs> but the chickens go insane for them as well. Making sure if it's a wild berry that it's safe for them is number one. Yeah. Blackberry, black raspberry, wine berry. Don't feed it to your chickens unless you're going to eat it yourself.
0: I think right? the key is not to give the same things all the time. Yeah, it's to up. Something different every single time. Weeds. When I'm weeding in the garden, they also get some of yeah, those and as and well. the
1: Absolutely. they are perfect.
0: Chickweed as well. Goosegrass. Mm-hmm.
1: I have it's, called my, chick,
0: it's called chickweed and goosegrass for a reason. reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: My neighbors next door are elderly and they have a big mulberry bush. I told you the story, Holly ann I love this story. And she's back there picking the mulberries and I'm back with the chickens. She's like, Chrissy, Chrissy, come over here. She's like, look at these beautiful mulberries. Here, eat this mulberry. I eat it and I'm like, you must love these. She's like, I've never eaten them before. <laughs> I'm like, J-. I'm like, oh my god, are you sure this is safe? I just wanted <laughs> to
0: test if they were safe.
1: And I'm I like, love this. trying to quietly Google, like, as I'm talking to her, like, am I gonna die after eating mulberries? And I said, no, you can absolutely eat mulberries. <laughs> I've put them through the strainer and used the juice for ice cream, and that is amazing. Looking around your yard, using what you have can save money for snacks because they can be pretty expensive. You know what else chickens will lose their minds for here? It's a new invasive and it's called garlic cress. Oh, yeah. One, it makes amazing pesto, but you really do need to pull it up because it's killing the undergrowth in the forest here in the mid-Atlantic. But it literally tastes like garlicky leaves. It's delicious and chickens go crazy for it. So you can just pull the whole thing up, toss it in the pan. I'm going to swivel gonna us swivel. around a little bit. If you're in an area where you have a veterinarian, sometimes going to the veterinarian can save you money. When you have a chicken who has a health issue, taking them directly to the doctor and having an exam and getting the medication there uh-huh. can save you lots of money and lots of time. Yes, with trying to figure out what over the counter you can use, how to use it. It seems like you're not spending a lot, but you're spending $20 for this and $30 for this, and you end up throwing so much money at this problem where if you did have a vet who could check it out, you pay for an exam, you pay for diagnostics and the medication. and I say this because I've been there, done that. Right. A long time ago in the very beginning. And sometimes people think that that's the expensive way, but in reality, it's not. So yeah, I mean I if you're trying to, try to do out.
0: the diagnostics yourselves, as you say, you're trying multiple different medications before you hit on the right one. Yeah. When actually the medical professional will just with their diagnostics will get it
1: right first time. And they often have much better medication than what you oh, can yeah. buy over the counter. You well know, the perfect example is let's just take sauerkraut. There are yeah. so many things that you can use anti-yeast over the counter. You're going into the female section of the store mm-hmm. to find something that you're going to give your chicken orally. Yeah. yeah, an antifungal. Or you can take your chicken to the vet. It's usually $30 for an exam and 20 bucks for the Nystatin. And you have the proper medication after the cytology to know that it's killing what you need to kill and you're not going back. The and cytology itself it. is worth what you pay for it because exactly. the, your chicken might have a yeast infection. They might have a bacterial infection. Yeah. You need the proper medication. I'm going to actually take this one step further and say, buy good quality stock, healthy chickens from the get-go, from a Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's going to save you money in the long run for sure. Buying a bargain chicken for $2 does not necessarily mean you're going to set up this bargain basement homestead. That could mean nothing but a headache for you.
0: Yeah, and researching because- where you've got your chickens from yeah. its absolutely what you need to do because you need to be clear on whether you want them to be vaccinated. You need to be clear on how they've been cared for where they are. You could be bringing in chicken lice, like we mentioned before, right, right. into your existing flock. And once you've got them, oh, my goodness, it's difficult to get rid of them.
1: It is. Yeah. So just taking those few minutes to educate yourself on what you want to do with your chicken can save you in the long run. We think every chicken needs a home. Every chick needs a home. Yes. But you need to make sure that they come from really good stock. And as a breeder, Fiona, that's what you pride yourself on to send your chickens out at the top notch health, because then you're going to be saving the people who are homing them the money of dealing with unnecessary problems from the get go.
0: And do they like, care about like genetics as well? Them. If your breeder that you're buying from has interbred as well, you could end up with very weak genetics. You need to be going to someone that you know that they've been concentrating on the health and the strength of the genetics, as well as the health and care of the chickens they've got.
1: That actually goes a step further too. Know the breed for your uses because it doesn't do you any good if you want a hen that lays five eggs a week and you get yourself a brava. Yes. I mean, I don't understand why anyone would have would have brought but but seriously, <laughs> if you're looking for a maximum with laying and you're not interested in the cuddly fluffiness, get yourself Fayumis or leghorns, both of which are incredible layers.
0: I actually turn down quite a few buyers each year who contact me wanting our Orpingtons. And once I've had a bit of a chat with them, it turns out they're wanting egg layers or they hadn't considered the broodiness of buff Orpingtons. Right. And I will actually say to them, I don't think this is the breed for you. And I won't sell to them. If you're going to a breeder who isn't prepared to say, Look, I don't think that this is going to meet your needs and walk away from the transaction themselves, they're not a reputable breeder in my mind.
1: Yeah. A treadle feeder to food, to veterinary, to knowing your breeder, all these things together buy into chicken keeping on a budget because they all play into each other Right, and it's they not do. a simple. We can't tell you it's as simple to use this food instead of this food. It's all a concept and all a big circle of everything that helps you cut down your cost in the end. Mm-hmm. Some of the feeders are better than others, so you can save food. Waste, that is number one. That's, My that's chickens go through some food, yeah, let me are, tell yeah. you. Okay. So having the right kind of feeder for that oh, will definitely help. To the coop, you might get a secondhand coop, but if that secondhand coop means a predator can get in and you have to rebuild everything plus rebuy all your stock,
0: yeah. it doesn't save you money. <laughs>
1: it's not saving you money, no.
0: There is one area where you can save money, not spend any money, okay. and still have great stuff, and that's chicken toys. Yeah, you are the master
1: of chicken toys.
0: Yeah, old garden chairs, stuff we were going to chuck out. Anything which you had, which you were going to throw out, which you think would be safe for your chickens to be in their environment, it's probably a great toy for them. Yeah. So water butt stands. They can just jump on those and stand yeah. on them. They love it, you know, get a little bit higher off the ground. And it's a silly little thing because if your water butt now leaks and you were going to get rid of it, that stand's now got another purpose. That could be your sand bath as well. Right. You turn it the other way up, fill it with sand. It's great.
1: Recycling helps the earth altogether. Absolutely. Not only yeah. does it save us money, it's saving our earth. We can reuse these things. We talked a few months ago about boredom busters during avian flu and what to do. My plastic Adirondack chairs, they yeah. love four of yeah. them yeah. sit on them at once. <laughs> the old little sliding board the kids used when they were three and four, they love them. Those types of things that you're talking about it's recycle, reuse, and save money.
0: Logs.
1: Logs. Will you? Oh, Logs. yes,
0: very much so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. In different configurations, we'll put them against the edges of the run so the girls can pop up. And we'll also stack them the other way so that they're higher and, you know, they're like another seat or another perch. Yeah, when
0: we trim the hedges and trim the trees, uh, when we've got young chicks, we'll actually put stacks of them, particularly when they've got leaves on, because the youngsters love just running in and out of the leaves and the twigs. They absolutely have a whale of a time.
1: Great. Yeah. I wish it was something that we could say to everyone, like this is the secret recipe, but it's a bunch of stuff it that is you can do, little things and stuff that involve just thinking before you even start that can save you money and make it easier and less expensive in the long run. You don't have to break the bank with the food that you feed, but buy good quality food. Good quality food keeps your chickens healthy cuts down on vet visits. It's all a big circle. Yeah. I, and by the really good care that you're putting out, you're also going to save your money because you're going to see a problem quicker. If a problem comes up, you're going to go to the vet quicker. It's not going to be as major. I've really wanted to stress going to the vet because so many people think of that as more expensive. And if you rethink it a little bit, you'll understand I've been there. I've done that. Oh yeah. I've spent so much money on things over the money, counter and it didn't work. Money and time. For yeah, some people, time is money. And so if you're spending three hours on the internet trying to research something, you know, you're not only throwing money for over the counter remedies, you are throwing away your time that you could be spent on something that's exactly. going to make you money. Yeah.
0: You can start chicken keeping very, very cheaply with yes. very, very low cost items. Yes. But. There is an element of just thinking through the longer term. And if you can afford to spend more, you really should think about whether you can invest that money now. Because it will save you money in the long term for a lot of these items, a lot of them.
1: When we were talking about coops, there was something else I meant to bring up and I didn't. And that is runs because it's a bigger deal here in the U.S. than in the U.K. Because you can have just a fenced area. You don't need a top.
0: So we don't have the aerial predators you've got. We've got the buzzards, we've got harriers and things like that. But if we had bantams, some of our buzzards may be a bit of a problem, but, you know, the size of our old Pintons, we've got lots of mating pairs of buzzards around us. They've never even looked twice at our chickens. Not even thought, even with the chicks being around, they've never even looked at them. Crows, whole of the bowl game. Yeah, The crows keep a beady eye on them. But yeah, we, we haven't needed runs with roofs at all. It's only during the avian influenza housing restrictions that we've had to have fully nested enclosures. It's a much bigger deal over your side of the pond than it is over here. So
1: here, if you're planning to get chickens and you're, say, in our area, we strongly suggest that you put a top on your runs. Yes. And speaking from years of practice here. You're going to get the biggest bang for your buck building your own run. If you buy a ready-made run, it's going to cost you a lot more. It yeah. will look good and you'll be able to get it up more quickly, but it's going to cost you more. So trade off there. And you'll have less space because they're generally, they're generally smaller. smaller. Yeah. yeah. So yep. if you want something with size, you're going to be buying fencing and digging posts, yeah. cementing, you know, just doing that whole thing, building out the run the way you want to. We have built ours and purchased coops. So we've kind of had a trade off. We put in the hard work for the runs, but the coops we spend the money on. That's another place where you just want to know what you have because your chicken area is absolutely freaking gorgeous and you have these beautiful built runs. Pete and I built our runs to be more homestead-like. Yeah. So we use eight-foot T-post. It looks a lot more utilitarian, but it costs a lot less. Yeah. So trade-offs, it it really does come down to what you want. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, there's something else that you could do as well, which is invest in something which you can then sell on. So if you buy a freestanding structure, which isn't embedded into the ground, we are collaborating with a local firm who basically make its tubular steel frames, which Uh then have a half inch weld mesh, but they're freestanding so you can move them around. And actually, if you invest in one of those, yes, it is a good amount of money. However, you can then, if you want to build something yourself later or move on to something else or get something bigger, you can sell it for almost as much as you paid for it. So yeah. there is uh, incubators is the same. So invest yeah. in a Brinzy, for example. You can almost always sell it for a really good amount of money and get a lot of that investment back
1: they hold um, that value very well. Yeah. yeah, they
0: do. But if you buy a, a cheap knockoff from China, it will cost you very little money, but you may as well just throw it in the bin. Um, right. yeah. The functionality right. is rubbish and no one's going to pay you for it
1: secondhand. Yeah, exactly. So what we're saying is just think things out before you even start and you can save money from the very start and just planning how you want to do things but chicken keeping is for everyone so you have Absolutely. to go within your own budget right and do what you can do and make it the safest that you can the safety of the chicken is the most important when it comes to building the structure they're going to be in and the run and everything else so
0: just going back to the toys basically anything which doesn't have moving parts is generally safe
1: yeah Mm-hmm. exactly yeah something they can climb and get exercise on hitch jungle gym stuff i love that idea the old patio chairs that also they love the chairs they love to be sitting up there and preening and everything mm-hmm. else so but the
0: logs are probably the cheapest and most effective
1: exactly, because yeah. it's
0: it's the whole perching instinct again they it's just so simple
1: and honestly over time they eventually break down yeah so, so long, they're, they're adding some more to your yeah. substrate which is never a bad thing no if you have terrible weather, they keep your chickens up out of the mud and they didn't cost you anything.
0: The insects which take up home within the logs as well as they start to break down, yeah. Keeps them happy. sometimes yeah.
1: You can use pallets too for different things. Yeah. And I've used yeah. I've talked about them before. You can set them up for a structure, making like a little teepee. You can put them down so that they can jump on to have a dry spot so that's not in the mud. Put legs on them and have like a tabletop where they could roost on top exactly. Get yeah. And generally you can get those for free from yeah. different people. Yep. So that kind of stuff. Well Fiona, thank you so much for coming back this month. We love our round tables with you. They're so always do so I. Much fun and informative for everybody because I love the different ideas that yeah. we all have. So until next time, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. We just want to say thank you one more time to Fiona. Uh, it was a great conversation. And we will have her back on again next month. Lots of fun. Okay. So let's move on to <coughs> cracking the eggs. Cracking those eggs. Okay. We're keeping it Italian. What do you mean keeping it Italian? We were in Sweden. We were not in Italy. <laughs> well, we're, we're going just, Italian now. We're keeping it Italian because I'm Italian. Okay. <laughs> Lasagna with hard-boiled eggs. So good so easy. So I've been fascinated with this. We talked about this last summer in our Sicilian episode. We did. Southern Italy and parts of Sicily have a long history of including hard boiled eggs in their lasagna, which is fascinating. Both of us grew up eating lasagna with hard boiled eggs in it. Every time we had pasta, having hard boiled eggs with my Mm -hmm. pasta, my mom would boil them, peel them, stick them in the sauce with the pasta delish. It is good. Nothing better. Mm-hmm. And hard-boiled eggs in your lasagna is just the next step. You just slice them, That's stick them in. the only way I ever had it until I was like a young adult and ate lasagna out, probably at a restaurant in Little Italy. Before yeah. that, it was only my mom's lasagna and there was always hard-boiled eggs in it. I had no idea there was any other way. I'm a firm believer in every lasagna. You make it your own. That's mm-hmm. the glory about lasagna. Well, that's why my wedding featured lasagnas oh, yes. of different that flavors. Was your, that was your dinner, uh-huh. was the lasagnas. Yeah. And hard-boiled eggs, this is something that if you have a lot of eggs this time of mm-hmm. year, you want to incorporate them for the extra protein in what you're cooking. This recipe uses a lot of eggs. So because there are so many versions of this, and because we have so many different dietary issues... Mm-hmm. We have included a version that is completely dairy-free. Mm-hmm. You use cauliflower instead of ricotta cheese okay. in the ricotta layer, and you put raw eggs in that, plus you layer the hard-boiled eggs on. Yeah. So you can use like a dozen plus eggs and in then this recipe. In mine, I use the ricotta, mm-hmm. and I use the raw eggs in there, mm-hmm. and then you just boil the eggs, slice, and you just put them in the layers. Yeah, Exactly. The tomato sauce and eggs go so well. They really do. And it's a way to use a lot of eggs because you're like, I have all these chickens. Where am I going to eat these eggs? This is where you sneak them in and you get your extra protein. sneak them in. I glory in all these eggs. I glory them in too. But I mean, different stuff you can do with As I was researching this recipe, because I just am fascinated with the different variations of lasagna that you find all over Italy and Sicily. I found what was called a classic Sicilian version that had horrible eggs and peas. Oh my goodness. Right. My mom would be in heaven. I know. Some versions were loaded with the ricotta, the meat sauce, and the eggs. Some versions omitted the meat altogether. Right. Which the meat would have cost more. Right. So you're, you're, the eggs take the place of the protein. Exactly. So you're definitely upping your price point if you do this, Mm -hmm. you know, the loaded version with the meat. Hey, the main topic we talked about saving money. Mm-hmm. This is a way that your chickens can help you save money. They're your protein source and yeah. something like lasagna. You don't need a meat. I'm um, as a non-meat eater, I don't miss it. No. It's just good ways to incorporate your farm fresh eggs into your everyday eating. The other thing about this lasagna is again, I included different steps, you know. So there's one for classic dairy ricotta, mm-hmm. and then we'll include my recipe for the right. cauliflower dairy-free ricotta. You can also make this as easy or as difficult as you want. If you want to use your own homemade pasta sauce, go for it. Right. You want to use it out of jars, go for it. Exactly. I did this with jarred pasta sauce, and I used almost three bottles of pasta sauce. I like mine saucy. I'm using gluten-free pasta, and I hate cooking the pasta noodles. I do too. So I learned long ago if I use three jars of sauce... Oh. And put the noodles in uncooked, they, they bake in the oven. And then the regular noodles that I use, because uh-huh. I'm not gluten-free, I just get the no-boil. Yeah. And they have the same thing. Yeah. So, everybody, share us your ways that you make your lasagna mm-hmm. and send us pictures of lasagna with your eggs. Absolutely. You can do them in between the layers. You can do them on top. You can do them wherever. Yeah. And enjoy. So, I think we should move on to retail therapy. Retail therapy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're going classic for this week's Retail Therapy. Was it classic? <laughs> yeah. Egg collecting aprons. They're classic. It's extremely useful. That's very practical. It's I appreciate useful. that. When the girls were little, I got them little aprons. That's cute. That was really cute. But I have never really myself used the apron. I, I used use a basket. The other night I had 14 eggs in my t-shirt. Oh, you could have used It was used not one. good. <laughs> yeah, 14 eggs. You need the apron at that point. Yeah, really or did. a basket or something. Something. The aprons are so cute. Really cute pictures Yeah, these aprons. Yeah. They are good in concept. I think I would be that clumsy person that would lean in with all the eggs in there and smash one on the coop. I may have done that before. It may have happened. <laughs> it may have happened more than once. The patterns that are used on these aprons, they are so cute. I've even seen crocheted. Yes, I, I've seen it in crochet. Yes, complete. The whole apron is crocheted, yeah. which is kind of cool. And it's all hand done. And they make for really good pictures. They do make for good photographs. I gotta be honest, by the end of the night, I'm usually dirty. Yeah. And I don't know that I wanna put a pretty apron on over my dirty barn clothes. Well, that's why when there's a lot of eggs at this time of the year, I take a basket. A basket's a good idea. But the apron works just as well. They're cool prints. Yeah. There's lots of different ones. Now, eBay, Etsy, you can find all different kinds of prints. You can. I found the most on Etsy. There's one that's made out of recycled jeans. And like that's that right great denim. Idea. There are vintage looking ones that are like striped fabric with printed pockets. You can even find them on Amazon. Yeah. I just think they're cute. By the end of the night, I'm not really thinking about putting this apron on. But it is a good tool if you have to collect a lot of eggs and you don't have a basket. Absolutely. Are there any manly chicken collecting aprons? I don't know. Actually, yes. Here's one in black denim. That's a good idea. For the chicken man, yeah. The chicken man can have an apron. If he wants to wear a fully apron, he can. But yeah. he can also wear one that's a little more utilitarian. Ooh, I like this one. Describe it for us, please. It has of chickens, on, of chickens it. on it. <laughs> Do you see this? It's like little Dutch print. It's cute. Yeah, a lot of the chicken prints used on these aprons are adorable. I would say the majority of them have some kind of a chicken print. Oh, although yeah. I did find one that was camouflaged. That could be for the chicken man. Could be. Or someone who has to stealthily run back to their chicken run and get the eggs. (laughs) If you have chicken aprons, take a shot, tag us, give us a story. We'll reshare it. We want to see your chicken aprons. We do. We went and looked and did research. We're not really into wearing the chicken aprons, but we wanted to mention it because it is a big thing in the chicken lady world. They're super cute. I mean, we will link to our favorites in the show notes. Yeah, most of them are on Etsy. The price point what did you find? I found anywhere from 25 to $35. For now, the I part. found, like, some that seemed inexpensive for 10 up to, like, $30. Okay. Plus shipping. Yeah. Depending upon where. Right. Show us what you've got. We want to see them. Okay. So, should we tell everybody what we're going to be talking about next week? Next week, we are spotlighting a particular variety of chicken. Okay. The long crower. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Our main topic is time to take your chicks outside. Yes. We're also going to be talking about egg eaters in your flock and what you can do about them. Yes. Our recipe is ridiculously good lemon egg soup. Ooh. Reach out therapy is vintage chicken barware. One of my faves. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So what should we tell everybody to do until next week? Hug your chickens. Every day and kiss them too. Don't forget, we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to see more of us, please follow us on Instagram at coffee with the chicken ladies. If you'd like to help us grow the podcast, please leave us a written review on Apple podcasts. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, please visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash coffee with the chicken ladies. Thanks for listening.